Chapter Thirteen of the Heart's Kingdom. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Suman Barua. The Heart's Kingdom by Maria Thompson Davies. Chapter Thirteen: The Short Circuit and at last we arrived at the old snowball guarding the open gate of the little house and we went under its slow boughs and up the walk but we did not march to an undisputed and stealthy raid on the tea-cake box above the kitchen table the little house was no longer the deserted scene i had left it but was teeming with human and juvenile activities which streamed out to meet us at the door you can't come in here auntie charlotte was the command that greeted me at the very doorstep as young charlotte faced me with short skirts outspread determinedly while behind her mikey of the red-haired jimmy sue maudie the sister of mikey and other known and unknown juveniles presented a solid support of defiance we are doing some lord's work and we don't need you but we'll let the nice little boy and the lovely dog come in we do need them come in little boy and as she spoke charlotte held out a welcoming hand to the stray who faltered and looked up into my face to see if he might accept the invitation which evidently swayed him by its commanding tone couldn't i come in for just a second i asked with all due meekness not for even a second answered charlotte sternly you would interrupt minister you go away and leave the boy then how'll i get him back to his mother i pleaded but as i spoke i allowed the little fingers to slip from mine and i pushed the wave towards charlotte with the greatest confidence which evidently communicated itself to both him and the dog for they left me simultaneously and went towards the enemy's camp shoo it's only little stray ensley i'll take him home when i go the redoubtable mikey assured me with a wide smile at the kiddie which was answered with a rapture of hero worship what's his name demanded charlotte as if seeking a passport just ray answered mikey in a matter-of-fact tone of voice he ain't got no father dead or alive then stray is just short for stranger because everybody else has fathers dead alive or drunk said charlotte in the same matter-of-fact tone that mikey had used and he in no way seemed to feel her remark personally derogatory to his paternal parent well let's take him to minister to be learned his verses of the song and dance come on for we are keeping him and the lord waiting said charlotte as she marshalled them all into the little house and calmly shut the door in my face and left me standing alone in the middle of the walk even the yellow pup had squeezed into the door before it was shut and only i was left in the outer darkness away from the grand opera voice that i could hear booming with a juvenile chorus out at the back of the cottage where i knew the rehearsal was being held under the twin of the old apple tree from which the front roof tree over my head was eternally separated by the little house with actual sadness and a queer feeling of shut-outness i did the only thing left to me and sauntered slowly on up the hill under the tall old elm trees that the town had planted a century ago to keep the heat from the heads of the like of me 
while the toilers down in the settlement had no such proof of ancestral care they are producing in the sweat of their brows while i saunter i said to myself as i stretched out my bare arm from which the white silk sleeve had been rolled away after the prevailing mode of the sport for which it was designed and flexed and regarded the bunch of muscles that knotted themselves on my smooth tanned forearm it could swing a wash tub as well as the best racket this side of the meadow brew club i added aloud with a queer kind of primitive shame mixed with my physical pride in myself or juggle a heavy baby and a kitchen stove into a square meal added a laughing voice as the jaguar padded up beside my shoulder on his tennis shoes before i had heard him at all so deep was my absorption in my own judgment and absolution of myself still i was put out just a few minutes ago by a woman half my size i laughed in return as the long strides shortened into harmony with mine i heard about it and ran after you to ask you to come back or if you refuse to let me go with you wherever you are going i left mother spurlock in charge of the newly installed epworth leaguers charlotte disapproved of my coming and said so and we both laughed in delight over my strenuous named daughter are you asking me quo this i demanded with a look at him out of a corner of my eye that got in return a glint of the jewels under dull gold that always infuriated as well as interested me whither thou goest i will go and where thou lodgest i will lodge the parson suddenly chanted under his breath using the old gregorian measure for the few words of the oldest song of impersonal love extant thank you for bringing martha's boy up to the little house jacob has refused both mother spurlock and me to let him come i didn't bring him he and the pub brought me and then he was stolen from me into the fold as it were i answered as i paused at the front gate of the poplars which had a white clematis drifting over its tall stone pillars and clutching at the straight iron bars as if trying to keep me out of even my own fold will you come in with me i asked with a laugh as i flung the old gate wide in spite of the tendril fingers the parson laughed whistled a strain of his whither thou goest chant to me and followed me across the lawn to the foot of the poplars on the bend surrounding their trunks i found my basket with the fine seam i was sewing for the suckling in it and i dropped upon the thick mat of grass on the very edge of the shadow from the silver branches above and began to hunt for my thimble leaving the jaguar standing over me stop looking down on me and come tell me what particular religious incantations were going on from which charlotte so violently barred me i laughed up at him as i threw a flat grass cushion a little way from my skirts upon which he immediately sank and seemed to curl up at my feet i had the whole bunch rehearsing the children's part in the dedication services of our chapel do you know that small sue can really sing the rest stagger well but susan sings it is delicious it is going to be hard on you women folks to hear her chant her responses to me on that great day and as he spoke he looked beyond me over to his beautiful shimmering grey chapel and there was not a glint in his eyes that showed me he was trying to sound out my intentions about attendance on that ceremony 
please mr goodlow don't be serious in saying as you did last night that you are not going to dedicate your chapel until i i help you in all gentleness i said i can't do it until you come he answered me with just as great gentleness and he turned his head away from me but not before i saw a glow in his eyes that made me suddenly strong and calm and curiously humble i i could go as your guest i faltered offering a compromise which i felt sure would not be accepted i can't i just can't dedicate the chapel until you echo my ceremony in your heart he answered me with his eyes still turned away from me and looking with the greatest sadness out on paradise ridge why i asked with a simple directness that the situation demanded and with no trace of the coquetry the question might have held shall i tell you all of the reason with no reservations the parson asked as he swung around on his mat and faced me with his eyes looking straight into mine all i answered in every community there is one soul which holds the real leadership of the souls of those surrounding them god seems to appoint captains of the regiments of his people to lead them along the way christ the captain of all the hosts spiritually you are more evolved than any other person in this town and with you doubting i cannot get the others to see you are so gorgeous and so brilliant that you blind them all they have always followed your lead up or down there are few like mother spurlock who have gained their christ knowledge through suffering but they are not of the caliber to help others to gain theirs with your hand in mine i can make this whole community see and know separated from you you going one way and i another i can do nothing you simply short-circuit my force and i'm helpless without you he spoke very simply and directly down into my heart that is not true no one person is responsible for any spiritual decision that another makes i answered hotly with an awful sense of having had a burden placed on my shoulders that they could not carry the old brother's keeper question will never be settled in any but the right way he answered me straight from the shoulder you are responsible for the attitude of this whole town towards the cause i represent and they'll have to wait for your eyes to be opened and for you to make them see you minimize yourself i answered quickly for in some curious way it hurt me to see that great strong man sit at my feet baffled by a force that he declared to be in me but which i did not acknowledge or understand they were listening to me from a distance as it were and i might have made them hear if you had not come home and thrown them back into the old pleasant groove of non-action and non-belief in a week you had swept away all i had builded in six months he spoke with simple conviction and not a trace of the bitterness that might have been in the arraignment everybody in this town adores you were the words that gushed out of my heart for his comforting before i could stop them that is one reason i have acted as i have i do not i cannot believe that the religion which is great enough to bring the redemption of the whole race into a desirable immortality can be composed of nine-tenths emotion with which all of them were following your beautiful voice and beautiful eyes and beautiful church and beautiful words if i am to be saved it will be by something sterner than that 
it will be something that makes me sweat drops of blood from my mind take up a hard cross of duty and work work to make the fibre of my soul strong enough to enjoy the robust kind of immortality that alone seems worth while to me your son of man walked from town to town in the hot sun and taught the people healed the multitude and yet had not where to lay his head to rest his church has lost his vigour your whole scheme hasn't enough action in it your organization is too easy and too full of surface observances it is conducted with slipshod business methods and there is no force in it to help me if i join any church ever it will have to be a new one that can compare with modern business in its efficiency your scheme of redemption to immortality through an efficient mediation is perfectly sound but you don't back it up the church of christ has stood endured and done business for almost two thousand years he answered quietly it is in some ways all you say of it but it has at least proved its vitality why seek to found a new organization with a new head and a new scheme of immortality if you recognize this scheme as good the place to reorganize a business is from the inside not the outside these people must get their vision now will you come and help me as he spoke he looked again down into the depths from which i had been trying to translate some of the hieroglyphics to him and he held out his long powerful hand to me in an entreaty that shook my very foundations you make me want to do as you ask me but i do not see what it is we should strive for what it is from which we should be saved there are tears in my eyes but do you want my emotions without my reason and i asked my question with a quiver almost of timidity no both he answered me as he dropped his hand and arm from their attitude of entreaty shook his head sadly ran again turned from me and looked out on the dim distance of old harpeth suddenly i had the feeling of having a great door shut in my face and a terror of being left all alone in the world came over me without knowing what i did i stretched out my hand and caught at his arm and moved closer to him suddenly cold in the sunshine i'm frightened i whispered as i bowed my head on my hand clutching his arm poor little wandering hunting lamb he crooned to me as he laid a tender hand on my bowed head keep watch over her lord jesus he prayed under his breath and then as suddenly as i had felt the fear i found again my courage that cry was woman to man not child to priest it is only honest to tell you so i said as i suddenly raised my head and threw another gauntlet that i knew would bring on another battle i hate myself for it i wanted to win you for god and have you come to me then as a gift from him but it may have to be the other way round was the answer he struck out at me with and as he spoke he clasped my hand in his with a force that seemed to create the great silent untenanted space around us as it had that night he had sung the tristan music to me in the moonlight i am going to save you and and have you no no i cried as i tried to draw my hand away found it held beyond my effort and then suddenly released i knew the first minute i looked into your eyes but i'll wait he said softly into the silence around us no no don't even think such a thing 
i exclaimed and i wanted to rise to my feet and break the spell of that space around us but i could only cower closer to him on the grass beneath the rustling silver leaves i'm going to marry nichols in a few months and then i'm going out of this world of yours and you can lead them all to to safety no it's in god's hands he'll keep you and give you to me when the time comes it all may mean suffering to us both probably does but i accept the cup in his good time and as he spoke he looked again into my eyes with a lonely sadness that i could not endure i want to get away from you i gasped and i felt that i must get out of the aloneness with him we are in god's hands he said again as his warm hands found and held mine we must wait on him with then suddenly the world closed in on us again and we were on our feet apart End of chapter thirteen